as I said before, my name is Rachel, so I'm just completely trashing this. I'm so sorry. I'm going to not try and make too much of a mess. Um, and uh, for those of you that thought, oh, actually, I thought Rachel preached last week. I did. But you can't have too much of a good thing, right? <laughs> Don't answer that. Um, yeah. So last week, I was talking about how God forgives us. And if you, wanna, if you missed that sermon, you want to go back on YouTube, you can find it. But this week, I'm talking about how we forgive others. Because we are working our way through the Lord's Prayer. And we are not only looking at it as a prayer, but we are looking at it as, what does this teach us about how we live as Jesus followers? How do we move from kind of thinking that we should do certain things to actually living in a certain way? And so I'm, this morning, I'm going to be talking about forgiveness and how we are people who forgive other people. How we actually do that, what that looks like, what about when it's hard? And uh, there's a verse that's going to come up. It's the verse that I'm preaching from, it, and it comes from Luke. Um, I think it's Luke 4, Luke 11, verse 4. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And the New Testament makes that connection with our forgiveness means that we can then forgive other people several times. It's Jesus inherently connects the two. So because, so because we're forgiven people and we know what it's like to be forgiven, we can therefore forgive other people. N.T. Wright, the New Testament theologian, who is just a, an incredible brain size of a planet, he talks about it in like it's like breathing. So we should live and do life in a, in a way of forgiveness that is like breathing. So we breathe in forgiveness, we breathe out forgiveness. It's like the air that we breathe. And I just have found that so helpful analogy this week as I've been thinking about the sermon. But I don't know about you, it is sometimes really hard to forgive people who have wronged us. It's really hard to forgive people that have done us harm, especially if it's completely unjustified and it's come our way and it's not been it's come out of the blue or it's been something that is kind of a bit of a curveball and it's wrong to then follow Jesus teaching inherently and say well I've got to forgive you for what you have done to me can sometimes be such a hard thing to do have you ever felt or um, felt these things or thought these things I can't forgive it's just too hard or what they have done to me is too wrong they don't deserve my forgiveness I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, don't worry. That'd just be too embarrassing, wouldn't it? Actually, I, my hand can go up to pretty much all of these, if I'm going to be honest. Or I just don't have it in me. I just, I'm just not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not that sort of person. I can't go around forgiving people. I, it's just not the way I'm wired. Or they don't deserve it. Those feelings and thoughts aside, that probably all of us relate to maybe one of those, we cannot get away from the fact, the truth, that Jesus teaches us to be people that forgive other people. And that we are people that can do that because we know, if we are Jesus followers, that we have been forgiven for the wrong that we have done. And Jesus does not want us to separate the two. He very much connects them. And so that's what we're going to be exploring this morning. 
Now, over 10 years ago, and bear with me, because some of you will know this story and you will have heard me share this before, but many of you won't have heard this, but 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, Martin and I and our family really had to grapple with this whole idea of forgiving somebody that has wronged you so badly that it feels like it could be the unforgivable sin. And it's a live issue for us that we have had to work out and come to many, many times um, over the course of our lives since then. And just over 13 years ago, our second eldest son, Sam, was killed in a hit-and-run accident not far from here. And he was on his way home from his youth group with um, friends of ours who are here now. And um, somebody who was driving the car, who hadn't slept probably for a few days, was probably under the influence of alcohol and drugs, and who was just not a very well person, was driving far too fast, lost control of the car, hit Sam, and killed him instantly. Now, that was a really, obviously, traumatic incident for us, a traumatic, it was like having a huge hurricane sort of hit our lives and, and completely derail us and completely, you know, it changed us forever. And, of course, how could it not? It was made worse, I think, by the fact that she went on the run for 10 days. And so we had this sort of, we were in the press and we had to give news conference. We had the, the police investigations. It just, the sort of, the, the moving forward just seemed to, like we were in limbo for a certain amount of time because it was so difficult to know what was the next step until she'd been found. And eventually she was found and um, sentencing came about, I don't know, maybe six months later, just before Christmas of the same year. And Martin and I stood on the steps of the courthouse, having prepared a statement to the press and said lots of things. But one of the things we said was, we still believe in the goodness of God. And we have chosen to forgive her for what she has done. And when we wrote those words, we really meant it. But honestly, that has been a hard-won walk of faith ever since. And forgiveness is not something that we just did once back then and we haven't had to kind of keep dealing with it. It's an ongoing commitment to believing that what Jesus teaches is right and truth and the best not only for her but the best for us. And so that's kind of where I'm going this morning. There was a couple of months after that occasion I was driving through Bristol and I, had, I was dropping the kids off at various places for like, they were hanging with their friends. And I was driving back home and I happened to turn around and look behind me as I was pulling away and realised that there was still a gap in the back of the car. Where there was four boys, there was only three. The seat where Sam used to sit was empty. And I just felt this anger and rage sort of wash in over me. And I just began to go back to the events of the evening and just thought, oh, how could she have been so stupid? How could she have allowed her brokenness and her mess to spill onto mine, into ours? You know, her, her foolishness has meant that our lives have changed forever. And I could just feel anger and rage building up in me. I started to cry. I felt very angry. And in those moments, I honestly felt like I hated her. I absolutely hated her for what she had done. And as I was, all this was sort of going on in me and I was sort of stirring, just feeling really stirred and, oh, horrible I just cried out to God because I just thought this is not a good place to be I cried out, cried out to God and said God help me 
It was, it was an absolute act of sort of desperation, really. It, well, it was. And I just felt the Holy Spirit, the voice of God, repeat that verse that I just read. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And I just knew in that moment that God was saying to me, Rachel, I've forgiven you for everything you've ever done and for everything you'll ever do. And now it's over to you. You need to forgive her. And I just sort of prayed desperately, weakly, without faith, God, help me to forgive her. Help me to forgive her. I don't feel like I am at the moment, but help me to want to and help me to do it. And that's been a bit of a prayer, ongoingly, since I prayed it that first time 13 years ago. And Jesus, when he teaches us in his word, constantly makes the connection between us being forgiven and us having to forgive others. And I'm going to land on some teaching of his in Matthew 18. It's going to come up on the screen, and I'm going to read it to you. This is in answer to a question from his disciple Peter, saying, how many times should we forgive people? And this is what Jesus says. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, much smaller debt. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay it back, until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And I just want to dive into that, that teaching and um, helpfully, hopefully, helpfully move us forward as we forgive others. Now, Jesus knows that for most of us, being forgiven will be far more easier than forgiving others. You know, we want to be forgiven, most of us. We might wrestle with that. We might feel like a lot of shame and guilt and feel like um, we, we shouldn't be forgiven. If that's you, go and watch my sermon from last week, and that will hopefully help you. But most of us will find it easier to be forgiven than to forgive others. Um, we can be like the servant who was forgiven a massive debt, the equivalent of more than a hundred million pounds. I looked it up. So that's what he was forgiven, more than he's lost a hundred million pounds. And he was forgiven that debt by the king, but he refused to forgive the guy that had lost a lot, little amount of money. This guy was not an intuitive forgiver. 
this guy was not breathing forgiveness. And so what happened, he found out, he got found out, and he got slung into prison. But Jesus teaches that that connection between being forgiven and forgiving others should be an intuitive thing. No matter how hard it might feel, no matter how difficult it might appear to be, no matter how justified you might feel in not forgiving somebody because you think it's too wrong or too hard, no matter all of those things, actually Jesus teaches, which can feel hard, I know, that this is how we should respond to it, that we should forgive others as Jesus has forgiven us. Sometimes it just feels like it's too hard, which is understandable. It felt too hard, it feels too hard at times to forgive the person that was driving the car that hit Sam. It feels too hard. That's because it is too hard. Because we're not meant to forgive in our own strength. We're meant to forgive in Jesus' strength. We're meant to forgive in the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within us. That God has put his strength in us to do things that we cannot do in our own strength. And so when Jesus tells us to forgive, it's not saying you've got to try really hard, you've got to screw at your face, you've just got to like be really kind of strong and macho about it. He's saying, no, you can't do this, but I'm calling you to do it in my strength, not your own. There's a brilliant verse in Philippians 4, verse 13, which I often take my mind to when I'm feeling overwhelmed with life. And it says this, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do all things in my own power. I'm quite weedy, actually. I go to the gym twice a week, but I'm still pretty weedy. I've got spaghetti arms. I'm not very strong, but Jesus in me, Jesus in you, means that you are so much stronger than you would be without him. Of course, the sting in the tail of this teaching of Jesus, this parable, this story, is that the one that was forgiven but wouldn't forgive the lesser debt ends up in prison. He ends up being imprisoned and tortured because he wouldn't forgive the one that had wronged him. And we can often find that our unforgiveness lands us in a type of prison. Our unforgiveness actually doesn't hurt the person that we can't forgive. It hurts us. It limits our lives. It impacts our relationships. It brings baggage and stuff and all the yucky stuff that churns up in us. It, it, it turns in on us. So our forgiveness doesn't hurt the other person. It actually hurts us. We find that we, we ourselves are in the prison. We, get, we feel like we get stuck. We can't move forward in our relationship with God and in our relationship with others because we've got this kind of knot of unforgiveness in our souls, in our minds, in our spirits. So why does Jesus ask us to forgive? Because he knows that if we don't forgive, it impacts us as well as impact those around us. Nelson Mandela is often quoted um, for saying this. It's such a great quote. It really impacted me when, just years ago when I was trying to work out how I forgave this, this woman who was driving the car. And it says, not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I think Nelson Mandela had quite a lot to wrestle with, with, with forgiving those that had wronged him. Forget how many years he was locked up in solitary confinement wrongly. 
He knows what it's like to wrestle with forgiving those that have wronged him. I just want to land this because we're on shorter sermons. Um, by just saying some things, this is what forgiveness doesn't mean. Forgiveness doesn't mean we don't take time to acknowledge what has been done to us. The pain, the suffering, or what has come our way, that, you know, the consequences of that. It doesn't mean we just rush past it and move on. Oh yeah, I can't really dwell on that, I've got to forgive. No, it means honestly examining and processing what has been done. It doesn't mean that we automatically have reconciliation with the person who wronged us. I think reconciliation is a beautiful thing, and God does that all the time as people invite him into their relationships and their brokenness. He does bring reconciliation. That's what he does. He's the redeemer. He redeems these situations. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that will happen or should happen or is feasible. So I just want to kind of put that out there because there are some things that actually it's probably better to be away from the person that has wronged you. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we just forget what's happened. Forget and move on. I will never forget May the 1st. I will never forget. Will I ever move on? No, I won't ever move on. Please don't say that to people. Have you moved on yet? It's such an unhelpful phrase. But can I forgive the person that that committed the crime, yes I can. And forgiveness doesn't mean we don't take measures to protect ourselves from being hurt again by somebody who has hurt us. It might mean that we have to change things, do things, get help, have somebody else support us. Moving on, but forgiveness does mean we have a commitment and an intention to forgive in every area of our lives. We're not just Christians on Sundays or Wednesdays. We're Christian every day of the week. We're at our desk at work, at uni, in our family setting, driving the car when you're cut up. Yes. Sorry if I've ever cut you up. No, joking. Um, You know, we forgive, have a cycle of forgiveness and being forgiven in every aspect of our life. Forgiveness does mean we honestly recognize the hurt and pain done to us and invite God's spirit to heal us and help us to forgive. We can't do it in our own strength sometimes. We need God's spirit to help us, and we need other people to help us as well. We need people to come alongside us, to pray for us, to walk us through what we need to do next. Forgiveness does mean we commit ourselves to pursuing God's kingdom in every area of our lives, forgiving others as God forgives us knowing that when Jesus asks us to do something, it's because he believes that we can with his help. He's not setting us up to fail. He's setting us up to succeed with his spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, I want you to just think about your life and the people in it and the things that have been done to you maybe. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you now and kind of there's, he's prickling you about somebody or something that you need to forgive, then take that as a nudge from the Holy Spirit that you need to do some work with him, take some time to pray. Then Nick's baptism story was an amazing illustration of the difference that knowing Jesus makes. He talked about that peace that has come to him now, having been a bit of an angry fella. But knowing Jesus has brought that transformation. And that is so true. Knowing Jesus does transform us. 
makes us into people that we couldn't be, humanly speaking, in our own strength. And if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus and you're just checking out church, then we're so happy that you're here and that you've been part of this service. And we would love you to just take a step to check out faith a bit more. Take another step. Come back next Sunday. Sign up for the Alpha course that's on our website that you can sign up. It starts in October. Consider this amazing Jesus who not only forgives you, but will give you the strength to forgive others. I find it interesting that Jesus talks about forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer. That he sets forgiveness in the context of prayer. Because I think that's a real key element to us. That we can access God's forgiveness through prayer and we can receive and give out forgiveness to others through prayer. We're not meant to do it in our own strength. We're meant to do it with his strength, accessing his power in our lives. So let's take some time now. Maybe close your eyes. Has God been speaking to you about someone that you need to forgive? Has something happened this week to you that has generated a really extreme reaction in you or has made you have some really unhelpful negative thoughts about another person that has wronged you? Let's take a moment to forgive them. Just ask God to help you now to forgive the wrong that has been done against you and to release them from your judgment. Jesus, I thank you that you give us your strength through the Holy Spirit to go beyond what we can do in our own natural strength. And I pray for us this week that forgiveness would be like the air we breathe that we would know we are forgiven and that we would know to forgive others and that where that's hard, where it's a struggle, that we would seek help and ask someone else to help us to do that or that we would ask and that we would ask your Holy Spirit to help us to do that. I pray that you would help us to be people that are committed to being disciples of you and taking your teaching seriously and experiencing the freedom and the wholeness and the lightness that that brings us. In Jesus' name, amen.